0: This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast, with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. And Welcome into Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Spinner, alongside one of my good buddies, Michael Burns. We are a podcast which talks about bourbon and baseball, two of America's greatest pastimes. We talk high proof and high heat. And yes, high baby. heat has been what's going on all across the country, I know it's been hot down by you Mikey. how How hot is it in bama?
1: yeah, I had to play we played baseball three o'clock on sunday uh it was ninety six degrees my, so without I was pitching the, uh,
0: without the humidity
1: yeah i uh as mentioned that mentioned. i think I mentioned our power rankings episode uh on YouTube my arm felt good. But the heat to me, I ran out of, I ran out of gas, where I could, my arm was still thrown, but I just didn't have it anymore. I couldn't locate. I couldn't I had the oomph, but no no location from the heat. I blame <laughs> the heat.
0: And blame it on the heat. And speaking of heat, as I mentioned, we are a podcast that talks high proof and high heat. And high heat, uh, a couple of high heaters when it comes to our number 34. This is episode number 34. Welcome in if this is your first time. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this episode. We start off our episodes as of late by talking about the Major League Baseball player who had the best number of what number episode we have. So this is episode number 34. So we're going to go with the best number 34 in Major League Baseball history. Now, I think Michael and I might be a little biased on this one. Michael's rocking his T-shirt of his favorite player. Just a little bit. Who happened to wear number 34. But Michael Burns, have you done... Here's the thing. Mikey normally doesn't do any research on any of this because he normally skips right through the number thing on our agenda. We've got an agenda. and You can only see that on YouTube. But uh, Michael, have you done any research at all on number 34s?
1: I just categorized it by war on MLB reference or baseball I just now did that.
0: Oh, you just now just, yes. just as you click the mouse. Okay. Well, uh, there's actually quite a bit of people who wore it for more than 10 years. I think there's 12 or 13 who wore it for a decade or more. And I think we've got a pretty good discussion on hand. Do you want to get and blow your load early on who you, your favorite player is and make your case for him before we go down the road?
1: Bro, I'm wearing one of the greatest pitching, pitch, pitching. What am I looking for? What's the term? Oh no,
0: performances.
1: Pitching performances. It's I'm not
0: one play. of. It's not one of. It it's is rated B. as the best ever.
1: Yes, I'm wearing that scorecard on my shirt to show the 20 strikeouts, the one hitter. Uh, my boy. Well, who I grew up, you know, grew up idolizing pitching. I remember being in the backyard being out, you know, playing wiffle ball at family reunions and such and, be, and being called, oh, like you're a little Carrie Wood.
0: So Carrie Wood, 1998, May 6th, through the Tony Strikeout game, one hit, no walks, scored as the best pitching performance ever in Major League Baseball history. He as was a great 34.
1: As a rookie.
0: As a rookie. He wore 34 for a majority of his career. The only time he did not was in 2010 with the New York Yankees. Uh, he had a great career as a Cub, 367 ERA, but I unfortunately we cannot call him the best number 34. There's a couple other players who wore the number before him uh, for a lot longer and uh, who make this list. I've a got Raleigh finger. Or
1: just more war?
0: Uh Carrie wore it for fourteen years. There are three players who wore it for fifteen and sixteen years, and several other players who wore it for fourteen years as well with more war. Right, uh, right. Raleigh okay. Fingers, sixteen years, Nolan Ryan fifteen years, Fernando Valenzuela, Fernando Valenzuela, fifteen years, <laughs> AJ Burnett 14 years, Felix Hernandez 14 years, David Ortiz, 14 years, Paul Splitteroff, 14 years, Sorry, and Kerry Wood, 14 years. All who? Uh, splitteroff. Spl- splitteroff. Splitteroff. I don't know. He played for the Royals <laughs> in the 70s and 80s. If you haven't Clearly. ever
1: looked at this on Baseball Reference, Baseball Reference has all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so just see. we, we That's the list. I, do you use the same list, Baseball Reference.
0: Yeah, I use a baseball reference and then also Jersey Dispatch. Uh, Jersey Dispatch ranks them uh, with their own formula, but I don't believe that their formula is great because uh, if a player played one year but had a career war of 78.4, it's saying Brooks Robinson is the best 34 ever. He only wore the year wore it for one year. mean, they take Gold Gloves way too much into consideration, I think, but it gives you a good justification of some of these guys on the list. Um, I think it's down to probably four or five players, and that might be the biggest expanded list that we've had here so far. Nolan Ryan certainly up there, number thirty-four, but he didn't spend his entire career in thirty-four. He wore it in 1966 from 80 through 88, and then 89 through 93 with the Astros and Rangers. So that's the second half of his career. A lot of that statistics, though, his best years came most likely with the California Angels when he was not wearing number 34. He was wearing number 30 at that point in time. Then Kirby Puckett is another one. He wore 34 his entire career, 51.2 wore. You've got Big Poppy, who played with the Red Sox as 34, but in his years with the Twins, when he really wasn't that great, to be honest, he wore number 27. And then Fernando Valenzuela, yeah, I can't say that name. Fernando (laughs) uh, Valenzuela, uh, who was a great Dodger pitcher, uh, pitched with the Orioles as well as uh, the Padres and the Cardinals as number 34. And then Raleigh Fingers is a name, um, so there's and even Felix, King Felix, his entire career, 49.7 war. So I'd say we got five different names that we could argue here.
1: Yeah. I think my, some of the most recent players that I, or some of my favorites are, uh, John Lester's on this list. Cliff Lee, yep. Randy Johnson only wore for one year, but have has a heck of a career war. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then there's uh Cliff Lee who, uh, uh for for oh, three years but was a great lefty for for a little bit there um i'm by i i really love the pitching side of things i wear 34 in my men's league as well um so after after Kerry wood and uh that's pretty cool seeing uh i i, I don't know why i didn't realize nolan ryan wore 34
0: yeah he was 30 and 34 for his entire career
1: which he? We have, how long was his career? If he wore for you're you're discounting tw- tw- twenty-seven Ryan. years. 27. <laughs> <laughs> he wore,
0: wore he wore the number for fourteen years, but he played twenty-seven years. So that that tells you like half of his career was wearing the number thirty-four. Fifteen so years. You, sorry. Who
1: who you who you who's your nomination here? For, this I, was, for me. It's for me. It's Nolan Ryan still one of the uh, best pitchers.
0: I am leaning between two different players, and it wasn't either the two that I thought it was going to be. Um, two different players. Did I say pitchers? Um,
1: no, I used to players.
0: I did say players? Man, it's been a long week. For those of you who don't know, I do weather on television, and we've had some severe weather, so uh, we've had a crazy couple of days here in the Tri-State. That's the Cincinnati area regarding storms. Sounds like you uh, need a drink. I do need a drink. Um,
1: good, good thing we're getting to that here shortly.
0: We are. We are. Ah, man. I am going to go and throw my nominee out as David Ortiz.
1: David Ortiz, he wore it for one, two, three, four, five, six, 14 years. You have
0: to do the counting. 14 years from 03 to 16. Uh career wars 53.3, much of which he accumulated with the Red Sox. Uh, He wore a different number through 2002. So from 03 to 2016 with the Reds, uh, with the Red Sox, he was what, a 10-time All-Star. He finished in that MVP vote in the top five, top four, four years in a row. He's got more than 500 home runs. He's got a career OPS of 931, 1,768 RBIs, 2,472 hits. The runner-up was going to be King Felix for me, who had a career ERA of 3.42, 169 wins, 2,524 strikeouts over 2,700 innings. Um, it's either that or Kirby Puckett had a great career, but he only hit 207 home runs, but he did bat 318 with an OPS of 837. I'm going David Ortiz, man. Yeah. Better, so, uh... higher war, I think, than Nolan did while wearing the number.
1: No, I I, th- I see that because if you if I'm looking at this chart, it says Randy Johnson was had the highest WAR for 34, but he only wore it for one year. Um, so right. I could I could get on board with David Ortiz. Um, I love to laugh a little bit. You know the Mariners had David Ortiz in their system, and mm-hmm. on September 13th, 1996, they traded him to the Twins for a player to be mm-hmm. named later. <laughs> <laughs> And so oh he boy! Ended, he ended up um, over to the Red Sox in '03 after the Twins released him. That's crazy. After the yep. Twins released him in '03, and the Red Sox win it with Ortiz the very next year in 2004, breaking the curse. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so Nolan Ryan. I'm um, just gonna give you his years with Houston and Texas, uh, wearing number 34. He did have twenty eight hundred strikeouts in twenty six hundred innings. He went one fifty seven and one thirty three with a three two two ERA. Um so he still had a hell of a career. Uh, uh I'm still going with Big Poppy though.
1: Yeah, I can go I can get on board with Big Poppy. Uh guy ended up going off and doing some great things with the Red Sox in oh four, oh eight, mm-hmm.
0: twelve. And even his final year of his career, he was an MVP candidate, an all-star, Silver Slugger award winner. He had 48 doubles his final year with 38 bombs and 127 RBIs to lead the league. His OPS in his final season, 1.021. And then he retired with a 620 (laughs) slug. That's how you walk out. That's how you (laughs) walk out. Not like Adam Wainwright right now. That's called a bat drop. Instead of a mic drop, that's a bat drop. Uh, so episode 34 is the David Ortiz Big Poppy episode. So as you've heard, we talk bourbon, we talk baseball. We'll get to the bourbon portion here in a second. But we are live on all sorts of platforms, really growing on YouTube. Going forward, find some exclusive content on YouTube, our top 10 power rankings, which are now powered by Tenth Mountain Whiskey and Spirits Company, and we'll get to them here later on in the show, but go subscribe to our YouTube page, at Barrels and Barrels Pod. Coming into this episode, Michael, 446 subscribers. Last week when we recorded, we were at 395, so we've gotten more than 50 subscribers in the last week, less than a week, because we recorded on Wednesday last week. We're going to be at 500 before you know it. Yeah, we'll be at, hopefully we'll be at 500 before the end of the week because of all you beautiful people watching on YouTube right now. Go subscribe to us, Barrels and Barrels on YouTube. We're putting out exclusive content, some videos, some home run highlights, some Shohei Otani highlights. Uh, and so go sure. find us on Instagram as well. IG is Barrels and Barrels Pod. That's where you can find us on Facebook and TikTok, and then on Twitter at Barrels and Barrels and our podcast streams live wherever you get your podcasts. Most notably, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. still on Stitcher for as long as Stitcher is around, but I think that's going to go away here soon if it hasn't already. As far as giving us a rating and a review, we'd love to hear your thoughts on our podcast. We've got 20 out of 25 star reviews on Apple. We've got 13 out of 13 five star reviews on Spotify, and we want to hear your reviews in words. Let us know what you think about our podcast. If you think we could be doing something different, if you like something we do, write it down and we'll read it out on the podcast, and if that scares you, we're just trying to give you the justice and give you everything you need to deserve your well, listening. Your listening. That's like the
1: one guy that messaged us on Facebook and was made made like a talk trash comment, but then you know you were kind of like, well, it's just it's just a comment, you know, a little bit of entertainment, and then right. he just tried, tried to you are like, oh yeah, it's okay. I think I think we t- I think we first read it. It's hard to read text, you know. Yes. so. Uh,
0: so if you, if you're gonna have sarcasm, put the backslash s on it just so we can know it's (laughs) sarcasm but go find us out there a couple other things before we dive into the bourbon t-shirts on sale uh neither of us are wearing them but you can find those online at charliemikeneverweekend.com again that is charliemikeneverweekend.com it is linked in our description here michael's holding up the t-shirt on youtube Very comfortable stuff. $25 out the door. And then new today. Brand new today. They were just shipped to me today, Michael. We've got glassware. We have got merchandise. These hats. These hats are now for sale. And you can go pick those up uh, on our Instagram page. You can go grab those via our Linktree link in our bio or just reach out to one of us and we'll send you a link to sign up. You can buy that. You can buy glassware. We've got Whiskey Wisdom glasses. Ooh. We've got Glen Karen's. We've got Tuath glasses. We've got stickers for sale. So go head on over there if you want any of that merchandise. Uh, again, Barrels and Barrels Pod on Instagram or Facebook. It should be linked in our bio there. So without further ado, let's fill up that glassware, Michael. All with right, a bourbon. Ready? Yeah. I didn't hear that. You weren't close oh, enough to your mic. Yeah. It
1: was right up against it.
0: Was that a fresh pop
1: for you? No, I, I've, uh, I, I've taken a dram or two from this guy. Just maybe one or two.
0: So it's going to be a fresh pop for me. Oh, what is it we're, that both we're doing? Your fresh popping? Yeah, it, it's A123 of Larceny Barrel Proof. This is coming out of uh, Heaven Hill Distillery. John E. Fitzgerald Larceny. Kentucky Straight bourbon whiskey barrel proof this is batch a one two three so let me get the fresh pop going Ooh, yeah baby pretty decent uh and give her a old pour does so that this turn is you going-
1: on
0: <laughs> i think it's got to be once or twice an episode that i get the old uh the coug- growl. cougar growl or the, the tiger growl so <laughs> Larceny Barrel Proof. This is the A123 batch. That means that it came out as the first batch with the letter A of the year. Uh, in the first month of the year, that's what the 1 stands for. And 2-3 stands for 2023. So January of 2023, this is a three times a year release from Heaven Hill Distillery, one of my favorite distilleries. This is their weeded barrel proof bourbon. So Larceny, they've got uh, a lower proof Entry proof, and then they've got their barrel proof. And then the middle, a lot of people don't realize this. Old Fitzgerald, old Fitz, the bottle and bond. Same mash bill, just coming in at the bottle and bond, uh, which means it's a hundred proof. So Larceny barrel proof batch A123. Uh, this comes out in January. The other one just already came out in May, and then the other one, most likely September, normally one, five, and nine on those numbers. So the match bill on this puppy Michael sixty-eight percent corn. 20% wheat and 12% malted barley.
1: Yes. I love me a good weeded bourbon. Um, I, I, I enjoy the barrel proof larceny. Um, I remember I had the, the, the regular proof larceny a little, uh, syrupy little weak for me. It's 92 proof, I believe. But, uh, in the past, I've, I've had one other larceny barrel proof. My neighbor gave me a sample of it before, and uh, he said he didn't, like, he didn't care for it. And I was like, okay. So I'm, I'm excited. I found this on the shelf here at Windmill, and uh, I was happy to, to be able to grab a bottle of my own. I'm excited mm-hmm. to Do you- give this one, two, three a r- uh, ride.
0: Yeah. We're going to give it a ride. A review,
1: <laughs> <we got> <laughs>
0: a... <laughs> Michael's going to take the, who wants a larceny ride? <laughs> uh, so, uh, do you know, remember what batch it was that he gave you a sample of?
1: I want to say it was C21.
0: So two years ago. Okay. Yeah. Cause I believe B520 was rated bourbon of the year by whiskey advocate in 2020. Oh, okay. uh, So that got uh, a lot of high praise. Um, the the thing with Larceny is I know that a lot of people say it's very inconsistent when it comes to the barrel proof. You know Elijah Craig, uh, barrel proof. They're usually consistent. They're they obviously fluctuate in different um, proof and uh, also age nowadays, but. They've, the big knock on larceny barrel proof has been the inconsistency from batch to batch. Uh, now, that's the point, right? Because you're going with a barrel proof, so it's going to continue to ebb and flow. But still, like some batches would be what a lot of people would call trash, and then others would say that some are just like ballers, right? Like to be rated whiskey of the year in 2020 uh, means you're doing something right. Right. Um, I love everything that comes out of Heaven Hill. I have only had one poor larceny barrel proof, and that was, I believe, B five twenty one in twenty twenty two. So, right off the nose, cherries. Like I got cherry candy right up the nose on yeah, the first that's, sniff.
1: That's that's one of my favorite notes. Is if I get something like that on the nose, cherry. Um, you know, the the fruit up front. I I love a good fruited nose.
0: Yeah, like a. Powder, um, uh, brown sugar cherry pie right now is what I'm getting on the nose with some nice oak. There's definitely the oak there. I can definitely pull the oak. This is a six to eight year bourbon. I believe it's blended between those uh, those years. And it's, again, a barrel proof. So this is 125.8 proof when it comes through. So that is just over 62% alcohol by volume. The ABV is 629 it's it's warm on the nose, but I, I, it's not blowing me away. I wouldn't say this is like a, oh my god, I'm gonna burn my nose. I get I mean, too much like you...
1: baking spice from it. That that kind really? of ruins it a little bit. Um, uh, that root, ru- you know the baking spice. The maybe it's the cinnamon that yeah, kind of that ruins the, that ruins not not ruins but overtakes a lot of that fruit and oak from it. The I,
0: you get vanilla out of the nose at all. No, it's more so cherry brown sugar, and I definitely get the cinnamon and maybe some nutmeg out of that as well with the baking spice that you're mentioning. Yeah. So, as we talk about this whiskey, I mentioned it comes from Heaven Hill Distillery, great distillery out of Bardstown, Kentucky. Uh, This is distilled and bottled by Old Fitzgerald Distillery. So, that just means it's that's who owns or that's who's owned by Heaven Hill Distillery out of Bardstown, Kentucky. Uh, so, what do you Fitz think? Shale, First, Old,
1: Old Fitz is one of your favorites, is it not?
0: Old Fitz is probably my favorite of of the bunch so far yeah. in my in my I'd say not veteran whiskey career. Uh, I'm not a rookie by any means, but I mean I've been doing Which this had since some what, 2016, you, you 2017,
1: lots of, lots of bourbon in your mouth.
0: Yes, I've had a lot of bourbon in my mouth. <laughs> As our friend Derek would say, the notes, wet.
1: <laughs> so I get uh, like chocolate pretty good on this guy, on the palate. Get nutmeg. Um, I don't get the fruit,
0: really. Whoa. Spicy? That's a barrel proof. My <laughs> one's hot. Not like hot, hot, but like... I don't think we've had a higher pour like this in a while. One twenty five point eight. One twenty five point eight. So uh this is getting up there. Maybe we should have led with a uh,
1: regular larceny before. <laughs> Diving right into one twenty five point eight. I get caramel. You get the caramel?
0: I'll get caramel right off the front. Um How's it's it sweet. The,
1: how's it on the finish a little bit? Is it
0: it's a lot weaker on the finish than I would have anticipated. I would have expected to be a, a little longer, but I feel like it just it, – so I do CrossFit. The, goal, like the, the joke is don't come out hot, meaning you start the workout too fast and you spike your heart rate, and then it's all downhill from there and you kind of don't have anything to finish the workout. That's what I would probably say this is similar to, right? I think it explodes right away with heat, with flavor, and then it's like an absolute peak, and then – downhill it's almost like a roller coaster right
1: that, that's exactly what i was going to say i was it, it's kind of my tongue just numbs at the end there's not really a, a lingering flavor even as i'm as i am talking here i'm not it's not getting complex there's there's no complexity for it. it's it's a great I, I enjoy the flavor up front i do enjoy that explosion of flavor but it's, it falls flat it, it, it does exactly what it, it comes out hot just like you said, I'm, I'm just not getting anything at, at the end there. It's just, um I see, I'm i scrolling through some notes here. I see a light cola note. And I think maybe that could be like a, a finish of just a soda that, you know, doesn't linger. I don't think it's syrupy on a finish because I think then it would linger a little bit more. I think it just falls flat a little bit.
0: Yeah, um, definitely. I have some tingling on the tongue but that's about all i get when it comes to the finish it's more so like the burn on the finish rather than usually you're looking for some notes to talk to you uh i got l- maybe like a red hot gum cinnamon but that's about it it's a, it, Ooh, yeah. it's kind of woody to me too like definitely get some some of that oak uh not as not a, i wouldn't have expected that being that this was a weeder. Usually, it's got more of a sweeter hit. Usually, that's what they say about wheat, wheat whiskeys, right? right? It's going to be more sweet, and the rye is normally going to have that spice, and there's no rye in this because it's 68% corn, 20% wheat, and 12% malted barley. I'm going to bench this guy. Yes. It's a good mix-up. It's not terrible, so I'm not going to DFA it, but this isn't something I would go to every day. It is high-end proof, so that's part of the reason. It's got it's got an explosion of flavor up front and it's kind of overwhelming up front too, right? Like Mm -hmm. sometimes you got to search for it this time. It just comes with so much up front that you're like, what is going on? And then it just kind of fall. It's like going off a cliff, right? You're there and then it's gone.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I want to bench this guy. I enjoy a good wheat. I like the sweetness of it still. I'm going to I would go to this. I'm not going to kill it because it's like you said it is it gets hot. Right. But the 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 spice kicks in a little bit too hard. If you gave this to somebody who was introducing they would be they would start just coughing immediately. So <laughs> you know someone who is new to the whiskey world, bourbon. This is one that would put, you know, they would be coughing up a storm of, "Oh my gosh, that burns." This is a- Like fireball.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So we both bench this. If you're new to our podcast, we rate our whiskey and our bourbon on a baseball rating scale. That goes from the top of the top. That is Hall of Fame. The best players in the game get the Hall of Fame nod, and the best whiskey and bourbon in the game get a Hall of Fame nod. One percenters, we haven't done one yet, so that just shows you how rare a Hall of Famer is. Next on the list is an all-star, best player on the team, right? Every team has an all-star on the team. Some have more than others, just like your whiskey shelf. Everybody's got a different variety of bourbons or whiskeys on their shelf or at their bar. And that's why we rate them an all-star. Everyday player comes in at third. That's a player that's always in your lineup, right? You can count on them day in and day out. Let's think maybe a Nico Horner, right? Not an all-star yet, but you know that any day he's in the lineup, he can do something good for you. And that's just like a bird, a bottle of an everyday player, right? It's always going to be a hitter for you. You're always going to want one on your shelf. Then next is bench. Bench player, that just means that you're coming in in the clutch sometimes, right? David Bodie was a bench player, you had one of the biggest hits in Cubs history. Oh.
1: I I almost left work for it one time. I was I was working late, trying to catch up on some hours, get ahead. And I was at work till like nine thirty when I when usually I only work till about the latest would be like five six. And I was there at like nine thirty. And one monitor I had the Cubs up. And I was like, uh I might I think I'll leave. They're down. But anyways, not <laughs> not the point. Uh bench players have their spot. They come in clutch um if you're in, like for this guy if i want something sweet but um you know if it's a a, a maker's mark is at, at most 110 um this guy mm-hmm. can come in the clutch for me and give me a nice high proof weeder
0: yeah and then last we mentioned designate for assignment that means you're kicked off the team dfa See means you. you're cut go find another home call you Gary Sanchez or whatever other Padres player got DFA'd this week because it seems like there was two. I think they just sent down Austin Nola to AAA. Um, Rogued Odor. Rogue Ru- Ruffin Odor. Yeah, Rudin Odor just got DFA'd. So DFA means you're cut off the team. Get off my shelf. Get out of here. We don't want you. So before we move on, Michael, I know we both rated this a bench. Uh, do you have any water by you?
1: Uh, I do not, no.
0: Okay, I was going to say throw a little drop or two to see if it'll open up because it's a higher proof. Um, definitely sweeter on the nose. I I'd, I'd threw a couple of drops in there.
1: Maybe it'd have a, I have, have a, a little remnants of water from washing a glass earlier.
0: I don't how think that's that. going to work, pal. Mm-mm. It's a little bit better. Ooh. It, it coats the mouth a little bit more. And it, it's crazy how just a couple of drops of water Will open things up a little bit within the bourbon and within the whiskey. And I would always recommend if you don't like something, uh, maybe try to put a drop or two of water in it to see if it changes the complexity, changes the the flavors to this. Maybe even the mouth feel. I feel like this is a little more of a coating. It's got more of an oil feel to it. It, it brings the cinnamon down.
1: I, I did. Yeah. I did find. I did have a, a, a couple drops of water out of this blend. I that's washed called, before that's the show. Soap.
0: It's called soap, but, Michael. Who says I use soap? <laughs> oh, well, no wonder why you're always sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just but kidding. yeah, it definitely
1: brought the cinnamon spice down a little bit, mm-hmm. Um, but still has a, a bite flavor to it.
0: I wonder if you poured this over rocks, if it would be a little bit better, where I you're, bet you're would melting be great a on little rocks. bit of water. Yeah, yeah this, this might be, be a, on rocks. a rocker. We haven't done one of those yet, where we, we changed it. Maybe it's I like a... Like
1: I don't like messing with my bourbon. I like it. I like it neat. Don't mess with it.
0: Michael's a bourbon snob. He turns up his pinky and nose to you if you do not drink your bourbon neat. I'm sorry. Are you putting ice in there? That's, that's
1: just.
0: <laughs> Here's my thing. How dare drink, you drink your whiskey? How you want to drink your whiskey? Oh wow! Sorry, not to jump in, but uh, I hope you took the over in this Braves Diamondbacks game. You see the score?
1: No, I'm blacked out here.
0: It's eleven and nine. Oh, goodness. In the sixth inning, who pitched? (laughs) Hopefully it wasn't Strider. (laughs) No, (laughs) it
1: was not. It was not. I know it's not. I I, I know it's not. I know it's not.
0: But speaking of baseball, as Michael looks that up, this is a bourbon baseball podcast. We just did our bourbon portion of the podcast, and we usually use trivia as our buffer in between the bourbon and baseball portion of the podcast. So this week's trivia question, Michael Ellie De La Cruz. Just did something that no one's ever done before. He had the fastest assist in the infield the other day. Did you see this? I, saw took, I did see that. He, he kind of needed it too. Yeah, 97.8 mile per hour chuck across the field from the third base hole shortstop area. So he's the, the highest in the fastest assist in the infield. Who has the fastest outfield assist ever tracked by StatCast?
1: Ever tracked by, so that means it's this
0: generation. So I believe 2015 is when StatCast, Joe, started.
1: Um, 2015, let's go with Ramon Laureano of the Ramon. Oakland
0: Athletics. That's a, that's a deep cut right there. He's got an arm. He's got a cannon.
1: <laughs> the dude has a cannon.
0: But it was Aaron Hicks for the New York really? Yankees on 4-20-2016. Do you want to guess how fast the throw was?
1: Uh, he didn't hit 104, but he hit 103.1.
0: 105.5.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Put that in perspective. I believe the fastest pitch ever thrown was 105.4 by Aroldis Chapman. So
1: Why did I think that O'Neal Cruz had the fastest infield throw at like 100-something?
0: It was 97.7, and Ellie beat him by 0.1 mile per hour. He may have had the fastest throw, but he didn't get the out. That's the thing. You need to get the assist okay, for it to count. Yeah,
1: I remember when O'Neill Cruz, because I mean, Ellie and O'Neal are like the same monster.
0: Well, they both got the last name, Cruz. One's just Dela, and the other one is Cruz. That's right. But yeah, Ellie has been awesome. O'Neal would be awesome, but he got hurt earlier this year. That really stinks. That would have been fun. And Aaron Hicks has been awesome since moving over to the Orioles.
1: And did you see he, he, when he went back to Yankee Stadium, Yankees fans
0: booed him? hmm. That's because he had a rough couple of years. Yeah.
1: They gave him a tribute on the screen, and Yankees fans booed him. Rough.
0: Yankees fans getting Yankees. So you were just talking about the Yankees fans booing Aaron Hicks. Well, the Yankees are on the West Coast right now facing the Anaheim Angels. uh, A big game last night. This is, for those of you who have watched and listened to the podcast the last couple of weeks, this is what I like to call our token Otani talk. We have to talk about Shohei Otani.
1: Welcome to Barrels and Barrels Otani Hour, where we are (laughs) going to discuss the latest in Otani's bat flips, home runs, or just his funny faces. But lately we are getting into Otani trade talk and it's the gr- one one of the fun one of the funnest times of the year.
0: Yeah, trade season is here. Uh but our token Otani talk, uh I really want to touch on the last couple of games. Dude continues to be the MVP. 3 days in a row he's hit a home run. He hit a bomb last night versus the Yankees and if you haven't seen that video yet, you need to go check it out. Otani, when he hits a home run, he's usually pretty professional, right? Nothing wrong with that. Just drops the bat and runs. Last night, he bat flipped, and it was incredible, and I loved it. And then, even coming around first base, he Ch- showed some emotion,
1: you know, with that t- game tying home run. Yeah. I think what he, yeah. would, he was actually saying as he rounded first was, let's go. <laughs>
0: he was channeling his inner Michael Burns. But uh, a big home run to tie the game. The Angels would come back and beat the Yankees. That crowd was electric last night, man. I watched a lot of that game uh, on MLB TV. A very fun game. The uh, the Angels, um, Griffin, the, I can't remember Canning. his last name, Griffin Cannon?
1: Griffin Canning.
0: Canning, that's right. Uh, 12 strikeouts, his career high. He struck out 10 in his previous uh, career high, so he broke broke it by two. Uh, the Angels played great baseball the last couple of nights. They almost got the win on Sunday versus the Astros. They're playing better baseball. Remember, they were going into the break terrible, losing yes. nine out of their last 10. Uh, they, I believe, are 2-2 two and two since then. And, hell yeah, Cody Bellinger ties it up. Yeah, Cody yeah, and we'll up. get to Cody Bellinger here in a second. Uh, we're watching the Cubs game live. It's now 3-3. Three, three.
1: Oh. Uh, oh, the uh, the wind-up and the pitching. Cody Bellinger hits it up the middle towards the second baseman. Second baseman can't handle it as he makes the throw. Overthrows it to first, and here comes Ian Happ to score.
0: Well, and there goes all our Otani viewers on YouTube. So we're just <laughs> going to have to clip that one out. Just kidding. But going forward, uh, Otani. So he, he's homered in three straight games. He's now up to 35. That leads the league. Uh, at this point, he's on pace for what Aaron Judge did last year, and Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs, and all he did was bat. Otani's been pitching so Otani continues to hit home runs 35 right he's playing incredible we asked the question last week if he were to get traded to an NL team do you think he still could win the American League MVP now we're a week later what do you think
1: absolutely guys got 35 home runs 75 RBG, 11 steals and hitting for average hitting 306 right now uh the, the guy is just and then you want to get to his pitching side of things even
0: does that yeah, that counts
1: to, towards MVP, and he's, yeah. he's seven and five with 139 strikeouts in 105 innings.
0: He's gonna strike Great out way. 200 this year.
1: Does he strike so, out 200?
0: So, through his team's first 94 games, Otani had 34 home runs, 73 RBIs, a 386 on base, and a slugging of 665. For perspective, through his team's first 94 games last year, Aaron Judge. Had thirty-four home runs, seventy-three RBIs, both identical. But his on-base was three sixty-six to Shohei's three eighty-six, and his slug was six nineteen to Shohei's six sixty-six. And oh, on top of all this, I think Shohei's stolen more than ten bases, hasn't he?
1: He had eleven stolen bases.
0: Yeah, him and Ronald Acuna are the only ones with twenty-plus home runs and more than ten stolen bases in the league this year. Isn't yeah. that insane? And they're both the MVPs.
1: Absolutely. Imagine! Imagine if he could do like thirty to 40, If Shohei had thirty to four, forty stolen bases. Oh, even twenty-five,
0: right? Even twenty-five, like twenty-five and fifty. A fifty and twenty-five guy, also striking out two hundred and probably getting twelve or thirteen victories on the mound, with a four ERA or better.
1: So, is Ohtani traded? Do you think if the yeah. Angels keep fall, keep falling like they did right leading up to the All Star break, and so, they're
0: not in it? So last week, we asked the question, and I said that you would have to be an idiot not to trade him if you're not going to re-sign him. But if you've got a chance at re-signing him, no. However, I don't think he's going to re-sign with the Angels. He wants to win. You saw that in the World Baseball Classic, right? He had so much fun winning. He wanted to win. He wanted to be on the world's biggest stage competing. He hasn't played in a playoff game since he came over here. This is, what, a sixth season?
1: 2018 when he first came over.
0: Yeah, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So this will be his sixth full season. That's why he's going to be a free agent. And he hasn't played in the playoffs once. Not a a sniff of it. They haven't even been close. So if I were Otani, I'd want to be traded. Um, I think I'd probably put it at a 33% chance he's traded, 67% chance he's not. Because... I don't think he's going to be traded to the Dodgers. I don't think Artie Moreno wants to do that. He's not going to send him across town. He's not going to want to watch him win on the other side of town. So the Dodgers are out. The The one team I do think he could get traded to, just out of spite, the San Francisco Giants. But do they have the prospects is my question.
1: I could find that out. I'll gladly find that out. I think the team I saw that would have the biggest impact if he was traded to that make that makes sense is the Yankees.
0: Yeah, they need a st- they need a starter and they need a a left handed power hitter.
1: Would you imagine him and Judge in the same lineup? Mm-mm.
0: And Giancarlo Stanton, if like you can go Judge, Otani, Stanton, Rizzo.
1: That just helps the whole lineup. Um mm-hmm. I, Yeah, I saw if I saw someone take that if they get Otani, they immediately become. Their odds to make the World Series go up. Not just make the playoffs, but to be in the World Series.
0: Well, whatever team he goes to is going to be in the playoffs, right? Theoretically, you're not trading for him unless you're guaranteed a playoff spot. Almost.
1: Yeah, I bet if Otani wants to finally be in the playoffs, this is his best chance to do it. He almost wants to be traded because he's going to a playoff contender rather than Signing like like uh, Max Serger did or Justin Verlander did. Hey, I want to go pitch in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Sign with the Mets. So the Giants have, by Fangraphs's calculations, the twelfth best uh, farm system.
0: So twelfth best farm system, but what kind of prospects are you looking for? Like, so if I'm the Giants or if I'm the Angels, I'm looking for at least one or two guys in the majors already that can. Make an impact because if you're trading Otani, you need an impact. Now and you need some potential prospects, someone was saying that you need to sell the farm system and that the Brewers did it in uh, 2008 for CC. But they only got one top 100 prospect out of that deal, and that was Matt Laporta. The best player in that deal that actually went to the Indians at the time was Michael Brantley from the Brewers, and he was like the ninth or tenth best prospect in the Brewers system. If I'm the Angels, I'm asking for a one major league player right now who's an everyday player, and then a top 100 prospect, maybe two top 100 prospects if you've got them. So you're probably looking at your top two prospects in the system. But if you're a team, are you giving that up for two months of Otani?
1: I saw the the Marlins GM put out something very similar to what you just said. They said they wanted two major league close proximity players and two of your top 30 is what it would take.
0: Okay, so basically at least one's got to be a top 10 prospect. But that's why I'm asking, because I don't want solely prospects. I want somebody in the league that's already shown that they can do it on a day-to-day basis. And that's going to hurt your team in the long run, right? Because, I mean, sure, you're getting two players with Otani. You're getting a hitter and you're getting a pitcher. But by subtracting a major league player... Or two of them in this case, you're basically just creating holes in that position, are you not?
1: Right. So I was just gonna say, if you send over like Mike, you send over Mike that's the starting left fielder. And send over Michael Conforto, that's their starting right fielder. Um, it almost has to be, has to be the guys that are are at AAA hitting well, but just aren't don't have a spot. You know, like they've got a they've got. Um, Brandon Crawford is in front of him at shortstop, or they've got Michael Conforto in front of him. Those right. are the type of guys that get moved, moved. Like the Mets tried to move JD Davis for how long and yeah. never were able to. That's the type of guys that you got to include with the I think it can be like in your 15 to 30 range prospect, but he's close to the majors, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then I, th- maybe- I still
0: think you got to get a top five prospect. If you're going to go, if you're the Angels, you've got to. You've got to get a top five prospect. You
1: need a first round player. Yes.
0: Yeah. And you need a guy who's already in the majors because that angels team has shown this year that they're close. You still have trout. You're not trading trout. And someone said, Oh, you can easily trade trout. Dude's got a full no trade clause and he's still got eight years left on his deal or seven and a half because I think he's out through 2031. So you're not trading both. You're trading Otani because you're most likely not going to resign him. But here's the deal. You're not going to sell the whole franchise, right? You've you've got pitching that is in proximity.
1: The Angels drafted all pitchers in what year was that? Twenty twenty one, I believe so. So they they could use bats. They've got Zach Nato just came up. They've got they've got a couple. I just don't think
0: about. you can. I don't think you can sell the whole farm system, right? because like, you're going to blink your team down the road. those trades never
1: work out i mean look at you know if you look back at history of the guys who sell the farm those trades typically don't work out for the selling team
0: no the dodgers didn't win the world series when they traded for trey turner and max scherzer they got bounced in 2021 uh cc i'm I'm talking flip
1: flip wise i'm saying the prospects never all never pan out to be as the value of the major league player
0: True, but also sometimes you don't even get the value from the major league player in the first place, right? CeCe had an incredible end of 2008, right? He got the Brewers to the playoffs almost single-handedly. He got bounced in three and two-thirds of an inning, and he pitched. That's all he pitched in the playoffs oh, versus right. the Phillies in um, I You're getting a little more value with Shohei being a hitter and a pitcher, so you're getting two players, but... Huh. Will he get dealt? I'd say, thirty. like I said earlier, 33% yes, 67% no. You gave me a team earlier this week that would be a perfect fit, and I think that that would be a great go for it, and they're one of the best teams in the league right now.
1: That's the Baltimore Orioles, right?
0: Right. Though, So the Orioles have a young team who needs pitching. They've got a lot of left-handed hitting, though. But still, you can never have enough, right? A, a, right? a good left-handed hitter is better than a good right-handed hitter just because you're facing more right-handed pitchers on average. Right. So you'll take as many power-heading left-handers as you can have. They've got they've got the depth in the minors. They well, could get rid of one of those players, right? If they needed to, they could get rid of uh, Santander.
1: Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. You, you're talking that they need major league-ready players. Santander's that guy. And then they have a plethora of minor league prospects at the AAA level. They're one through seven are at the AAA level. And then even further down, they've got guys in AAA. They have so many that they should and, say, just not not even think about it. Think twice. Go get them.
0: And, and think of how fun that would be for Baltimore. The team's already playing well, real well. They are second in our power rankings coming into this week and that's not a spoiler alert because we already dropped that on youtube earlier on in the week but they're one of the best teams in the league they need pitching they're going to need to compete in that division because the yankees are going to make some moves I think the Blue Jays are going to make some moves. The Rays are going to make some sort of move that makes their team better. And even the Red Sox may make some moves because they're above five hundred. So the Orioles are going to need to do something. That rotation is probably their biggest weakness. Their biggest strength is probably their bullpen. So you don't really need a ton of bullpen help. You don't need to spend a ton on the bullpen. You're going to need to bolster that rotation. If you can knock out two birds with one stone, go get a tiny. That's the team I think that probably has the best fit. I just don't know if that's going to happen.
1: Here's my bold prediction: They do, they trade for Otani and Jackson Holiday makes his debut for the Orioles this year.
0: And they win the World Series.
1: I, I'm not going that far, but I I think <laughs> them trade Frotani is a is a move, and then Jackson Holiday, who just got called up to Triple i I'm sorry, Double A, just uh, two weeks ago, I think.
0: So you just yeah. heard it here first. Otani to the Orioles and Jackson holiday is going to make his major league debut and help the Orioles through the season and into the playoffs. That's a good one. Uh, now the Orioles could use some arms. I've got one arm that if they don't get Otani, that I think would be a perfect fit. He's on the Cubs, unfortunately for us. And oh. that's Marcus Stroman. I think that yeah. that would be a great fit. Uh, the Cubs could get that triple a depth that you just mentioned, right? Seven players in the, the high minors the, the that are in the top seven, their
1: top seven are in triple
0: other than Jackson, right? Cause he's their top prospect. Yeah, that includes, and he's that in so, sure. um, so Jackson holiday, they're not going to get rid of him for Stroman, but, uh, you know what they could do package Cody Bellinger and Marcus Stroman to the Orioles.
1: That's Otani right there, man.
0: Right. But you could do that. and I know that they both could fit in the, the Yankee system too, but what
1: cost you more prospects? Otani or Bellinger
0: plus Stroman? Otani.
1: Otani still costs you more. And you, I think you, so.
0: Because Otani's the ace. I wouldn't say Strowman's an ace. Otani can be an ace, especially for that Orioles team. Strowman's a number two. He'd probably be the ace of that Orioles staff, most likely. Because who else is the ace? But,
1: Ray, Grayson's supposed to be. He's had a down year, but hopefully... He started Monday. I didn't see how that start went. Um, but they're hoping that he is that guy. He has the potential to be that guy.
0: So... You've got John Means coming back at some point later on this year, but I don't know how much you can expect from him. Right. You, get, you need a starting pitcher in Baltimore, and I think Stroman would fit that. The Cubs are probably going to have to flip him because it doesn't look like they're going to give him an extension. But he did say he wanted to stay with the Cubs, and he didn't say it like the normal, I want to stay with the Cubs. Like, did you listen to his press conference the other day?
1: I just saw the note that he, he wants to pull the role with Chapman and re-sign even if he was traded.
0: Yeah, not only that, he just said, I want to be on a team that goes for it and wins, and I think we can do that <laughs> here. I, he said, I, I think we can spend money. And he, he said, I think we should be re-signing Cody Bellinger. Full discretion. I'm pissed off. The Cubs should yeah. not be sellers. They're no. underperforming. They, they've got the best run differential. I know run differential is an all, end-all, be-all, but the Cubs it's should be winning. They just came out of the all-star break. They had... Some of the biggest games of the season, right? This is the time that you need to start winning. And they go one and three in their first four freaking games coming back. Sure, you don't have Dansby. Oh, you don't have Nick Madrigal. But coming into the season with Nick Madrigal as your third base in. Hell yeah. Patrick Wisdom, baby. And we're getting excited about the Cubs after having a rant. In the middle of my rant, Patrick Wisdom hits a home run, his 17th of the season. And the Cubs He does. Hold on. Oh, yeah, that's right. Michael's 10% yeah get it get it ready to film get it ready to film <laughs> oh but. my gosh that was a freaking laser <laughs> Holy
1: cow! I'm i just saw it.
0: him rounding first base so i'm gonna see the replay oh that was a foul ball they they, they just showed the replay oh that was a laser beam wow that one got a, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't let's look at the stack cast numbers on that one
1: did that make it onto Waveland?
0: I have no idea because both the replays they showed were the foul ball. <laughs> 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 marquee, gonna marquee. Uh wow. It yeah, what even... are they
1: doing? There's replay one, foul ball, and oh that moustache, man. The power of the moustache, man. He gave that ball another moustache ride.
0: Wow. So where were we? Uh so yeah, the Cubs. They just took the lead with the wisdom home run, but still. If they beat the Washington Nationals, they'll be one and one against the Nationals. This was a team you needed to sweep. This Nationals team is bad. They beat you in Washington. You were supposed to win this weekend at home versus the Red Sox. You got your ass kicked twice: eleven to five on Sunday, and then eight to three on Friday. Ridiculous. This is a yeah. team that should should have spent a little more. I think at third base, you needed a third baseman. Wisdom Instead was not your answer. Miles Morel, Master you kept Boney. in the minors. Miles Mastroboni, Nick Madrigal, who else is playing? You see the tweet I here? sent you, um, Edwin Rios. Edwin Rios, that's another name, batting 100 with 100 strikeouts or whatever it did is. You,
1: did you see the tweet I sent you? Miles Mastroboni's stats this year, twenty yeah. twenty-three versus John, uh, John Lester, Lester. and it's John Lester same. would be the better third baseman hitting.
0: That's that's ironic because Mastroboni just got a base hit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, you've got Master Boney, You've got 1-60. Jared Young playing at first base. He started with Eric Hosmer. I, I'll defend the Hosmer move because he didn't cost you any money. He cost you the minor league minimum, 700000 or whatever it was. He was a veteran presence who was hopefully going to help Matt Ver- Matt Mervis. Right? The Cubs were the third
1: team paying him this year, I think. He was being paid by the Padres, the Red Sox, and then the Cubs all at one and time.
0: I don't think the Red Sox paid him because – uh, they only paid him a very small amount, I believe, okay. because he got cut by the Padres. Um, so the Padres were paying his full thirty million or whatever. So going forward, will the Cubs sell or will they stand pat? What do you think? I think they're and unfortunately. I think they're going to sell.
1: I don't think you get much for. You're not going to get impact major impact guys for for Ballinger and Stroman. You're not.
0: It's not to be you guys can. that for, are Belli? worth it. for Bellinger, left-handed power hitters are always sought after on the market and you can get a ton on that and then also Stroman's a, a number 2. Look at some of the Look at what the Minnesota Twins gave up for last Tyler Mally. Tyler Maley last year, Mally, whatever the hell his name is. You got two of the Reds' best prospects coming into the season, Spencer Steer and Christian Encarnacion-Strand. Those are great names, right? Think about what the Cubs gave up for Rich Harden, Josh Donaldson.
1: There was a comment. Well, the, there was a comment here on Bleacher Nation. It was, hopefully the Cubs can pick up more studs like Anderson Espinosa, Cody Hewer, Greg Diekman, Miles Mastroboni, Bryce Ball, Zach McKinstry, Zach Davey, Sean Newcomb someone replied who said those were studs
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah but for all of those mm. you've got pete crow armstrong you've got uh players like uh Palencia he was a little who, different
1: he was injured at the time Tubbs might have stole that one right
0: but still I, but, but still at the time a...
1: he was single a that was what, two years Cassie. ago
0: Right, yeah, oh, and he Cassie was
1: in and, and Rookie Ball. All the guys—they were all
0: more Ben Brown last year from the. Ben Phillies. Brown was
1: the probably the best trade they've done. They got a guy who was already already in Double A, where most of these other guys are, you're trading for guys in Single A, and yeah, you still Double A is the test. Um, so like what you're asking for Otani if you want guys who are more better, who are more major league ready. Oh that's, no, get the quality, not the quantity. Don't say Nico's hurt.
0: Yeah. I see Rossi walking out. So let's move on. Uh, so unfortunately, I think the Cubs are going to sell. Uh, obviously, we're weeks away. Here's what I would love to see them do. I would love to see them go out and get a left-handed reliever and go get Jimer Calderario from the Nationals today. Say, yes. hey, you know what? Today. You walk across the field, and tomorrow you play for us for two weeks. You're not and going if it doesn't work, And if it doesn't work for two weeks, then you can sell. But make the effort to try and then if it doesn't work out, you still have time. You've got two weeks. Two weeks to make a move. You've got a soft schedule over the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. You've got the Cardinals who are in dead last. You've got the Cardinals again who are in dead last for two four-game series. You've got the White Sox for two, and they're trash. And then you play the Reds who are reeling right now, and they can't pitch. They don't have any starting pitching. Andrew Abbott, that's it.
1: Yep. And why when, when, Why do we have Why have Jan Gomes DH when we could have Patrick Wisdom DH
0: with, with Candelario at third base? And Jan Gomes can be your catcher who seemingly continues to win. What I thought it was like twenty six and nineteen or whatever it is when he starts behind the plate. Why isn't he so doing that more?
1: Did you see that the Cubs traded back for PJ Higgins?
0: Yeah, but he's in the minors, triple A.
1: I know, but now that means that they can cut Barnhart. True. Who's struggling. And just and now they can that opens up a forty man spot.
0: Yeah. So
1: So maybe there's something some thought that for needed.
0: I got a little heated. <laughs> I, I still think you need to go get someone. Third base, Candelario. Go get him. What? He's not going to cost you much. He's making three point five million dollars for the season. So at this point, it's one point five. The Nationals. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Go get him. Send him Caleb, Caleb Killian. That's probably right. what it, probably would it cost. May, maybe even less than that because Killian still has upside. Right. Um, it may be a change of season scenery, but yeah, go give them Caleb Kelly. And as we're saying this, the Cubs just took the five three lead over the Nationals in the bottom of the seventh. So hopefully, hopefully that does it, and maybe they start rolling. Speaking of rolling, sorry, the Mets in the White Sox at eleven and nine, the Atlanta Braves and the Arizona Diamondbacks at thirteen and thirteen. Did anybody remember to pitch today?
1: <laughs> I think uh, it's Juice Ball Aaron night at the uh, MLB ballparks. <laughs>
0: It might be. Um, Lucas Giolito started for the White Sox. I think he's on the move. He has another name that I think the Orioles could go after. He's not going to cost a ton. Giolito, a free agent at the end of the season. Uh, another name floated around. Did you see Dylan Cease? The Astros are kind of trying to pump the tires on that one. I don't know if you're a White Sox. If if you're a White Sox fan and they trade Dylan Cease, you might as well find another team.
1: Yeah, I, I've, I've seen even... Uh... Both Eloy and Robert as trade, you know, people who've been scouted for them.
0: I don't think Luis is going to be uh, traded. That's the one untouchable on the White Sox. Luis Robert, don't, I, that's the one guy you don't trade. You trade anybody else. Lance Lynn, gone. Lucas Giolito, gone. Eloy, he can't stay on the field. Joan Moncada, sure. Take him for a bag of balls. Yasmani Grandol, I don't know what he's got, but get him out of here. But the White Sox, they're going to sell. They have to. They're twenty games or whatever below five hundred. Whew, man. This White Sox and Cubs teams are making me angry. And I'm not even a White Sox fan. But they both should be in first place. They both have the talent. They both have the talent, especially with this division. Both these divisions. Both these divisions are trash. And you're underachieving. You're underperforming because you didn't do enough in the offseason. The White Sox didn't do enough. The Cubs didn't do enough. It's ridiculous. Hey, hey here. Here's for the next two weeks. <laughs> You've got the third. <laughs> Biggest market in baseball, New York and L.A., and then Chicago. TV market, DMA, whatever you want to call it, third biggest market, and these two teams couldn't spend more this offseason. The White Sox gave Andrew Benatendi the highest contract ever on freaking franchise history at $75 That's million. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. That's crazy. That's stupid.
1: I, I've never seen a single like highlight of that guy this year.
0: Uh, it's because he he's got one home run. One home
1: run. He's on I remember. Speed. I remember when he was drafted. The Cubs were like, "Oh, we really wanted Benatendi. Instead, we took Hap."
0: <laughs> and he worked out pretty bu- pretty well. He's up I would, now. I would uh, yep, take he, Hap yeah. over Benatendi's career.
1: Yeah, Benatendi had his rookie year that looked like mm-hmm. he was going to do well, and uh, Hap is kind of the reverse. He didn't. Right. He kind of was rushed and get the the playing time for the first so many years, and now the dude's a, a, above average uh, regular.
0: Austin Riley hit another home run and went 438 feet. Goodness gracious. And Ian Happ just gave the Cubs a 6-3 lead. So moving on. So I talked about Giolito. talked about Dylan Cease. Another team that's going to sell. They're going to have to. The St. Louis Cardinals. They've got a lot of names that they oh, could sell. It, I've seen Donovan. I've seen Paul Goldschmidt. I've seen Paul DeYoung. And I've also seen Nolan Arenado. Of the two big ones, I wanted to do this. Let's go back for a second. We talked about this earlier. Stroman. Bellinger most likely to go, but if you had to choose one of the two, who would you choose? To keep.
1: I, I want Bellinger to keep. I th- I think I, I I let you. I told you Strowman just doesn't have the the physicality, the physical attributes to be the guy who can age and continue to throw it down the throat.
0: Yeah, but. For the most part, he's been relatively healthy. Last year, he had a rough year. He sat out the COVID season. And I think he had a knee thing or something like that with Toronto. Other than that, he's been healthy. He takes Great care pleasure. of his body. The thing I'm scared about is the Cubs pitching depth. You've got Kyle Hendricks, who hasn't opt out after this year. You can get rid of him. Not that they will, but still. Justin Steele, sure. Then from there, you got Drew Smiley on a player option. I think he's gone. He could be yeah. traded, too. On top of that, you've got Hayden Wasneski. What happened to Keegan Thompson? Dude sucks this year. What so other Winesky. pitcher? What other pitcher? Wasneski? No, you got Ben Brown. Yeah, you don't He's know walking. what that is. He's walking guys in AAA. Cade Horton, you don't know what you got there. Sure, he has the potential to be a top two in your rotation. Also, you've got Jordan Wicks, but those are all unknowns. You know what you got with Stroman. You've got PCA coming up. You got Mervis coming up. Hopefully, I know that those are still prospects, but they're higher level prospects who have shown it more than the other pitchers have. I would love Cody. I want them both, but if I had to choose one, I think I'm going Stro because it's hard to find starting pitching in this day and age.
1: Right now, how about how about this? Week? The Cubs take send send Mervis and uh, over to get Otani.
0: I don't. I don't want the Cubs trading for Otani. Nope. No, they'll sign him in the offseason instead. Jason Hayward going off the books. Well, that's another thing. Jason Hayward's off the books. Uh, you're going to probably lose Stroman. There's another $25 million. So between those two, there's $40 million. That's half of Otani's contract right there. he's half of Otani's contract? You think that he's getting 70 70 He's going to get 65 70 a year.
1: Dang.
0: That's my guess. But moving past Otani, so... We did the Stroman Belly thing. How about a Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt thing? Which one would you rather have, and which one do you think gets traded if the two, one of those two gets traded?
1: Um, Paul's older than Nolan, isn't he?
0: Yeah, a little bit, and he's only got a year and a half left on his deal.
1: Oh, so he's not a free agent after this year? Mm-mm. Oh, I was thinking Goldie was a free agent this year, and that's why he was so, you know. No, he's he's got one year. Gone
0: after this year he is a free agent in 2025 so he's got all of 2024 left he's making 22 million both years and a 4000 or 4 million signing bonus so he's making 26 million a year
1: i i think i'd rather hold on to nolan i feel like third base is just tough to find that prototypical power hitting le- uh third baseman who plays platinum type defense
0: yeah, so Goldschmidt's about to be 36. Nolan is 32. I'm fully on board. The exact same thing. I'm going with Nolan Arenado. If the Cardinals trade him, holly frickin' Luya, right? Like, yeah. it would be the, the greatest thing in the world for us. Hopefully, because they wouldn't get a great deal back. But it would mean he's out of here. Oh, you know they would.
1: On. They got a great deal for for Goldie and for Nolan.
0: Right. But That's I, frustrating. I think, I think if I were them, I'd get rid of... Uh, Goldsmith, because you can throw Jordan Walker at first base, can't you?
1: Yes, and they've got five outfielders, including Jordan. I think Dylan Carlson was informed that he's not going to be in for playing time. So I think he's on the move. Tyler O'Neill could be – they could someone could come get Tyler O'Neal.
0: Yeah, well, they've been trying to get rid of him since the first two weeks of the season. All because of Oliver Marmo, who should be fired. That's what I'm saying. Should,
1: yes, yeah. I, that, how do you st- – how do you start your season by ruining your clubhouse like that but,
2: yeah
1: um jack, jack flarity is available
0: jack Flaherty not having uh, a great
1: not having a, a jack Flaherty type year but he could pull a justin verlander and go from the tigers to the astros and just right. figure it out get out of that clubhouse
0: change of scenery figure something out go to a team that has a better pitching um infrastructure right like that's that's what really happen, happened with verlander he's went over to the Astros. And at the time they were known for the best pitching rotation because they had figured something out on spin, rate, Right. They and, had, and Garrico you wouldn't have and sticky Wilson. stuff.
1: <clears throat> Sorry. yeah. And you wouldn't No, I was going to say, and you wouldn't have Wilson Contreras catching you.
0: True. Uh, that that helps.
1: That helps your stats. Uh,
0: so, uh, I, I do think the Cardinals are going to make some big moves. We'll see how big, and hopefully that's before the Cubs play them in a couple of weeks, because that means that the, Cardinals are even more depleted in a week and a half. But going forward, uh, Manny Machado did something this weekend. He got his 300th home run, 157th yeah. person to ever do this. So it got me thinking. Um, so for their entire career, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, right? They've kind of been synonymous. Bryce Harper went number one. I think Manny went number two. Didn't he in that draft? Um, sounds right. So, no. Uh, it went Harper, Jameson Tyone. To the pirates and then manny machado third overall to the baltimore orioles so oh
1: my gosh
0: but machado goes third overall right then next we're talking machado and harper they're both synonymous they got drafted in the same year i think they both came up in the same year their rookie year was what 2012 that was harper's Mm -hmm. rookie year i think manny machado started his season in yep 2012 is when he got called up on august 9th that season so a little bit later for harper He's got more home runs than Harper. I believe he's got a higher average than Harper. Which of the two would you rather have right now? If you had to start a team and you had to pick one of the other, Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, which are you picking?
1: I, I still want to go Bryce Harper. Um, Bryce Harper puts up, I think, better MVP-type seasons. Uh, i'm going for the, the higher i think harper has the higher ceiling i think machado might have the lower floor it's hard to say because Mach- harper i think is is not full strength this year um Mm-mm. i think he's down uh, machado was not having a, a great year to start this year even though he is at blistering hot to start july Blistering. He hit
0: another hot. home run tonight
1: if you look at his past 50 plate appearances his for advanced stats, uh, metrics is ex-WOBA is, I mean, MVP type um, above leave at league average. Dude is actually absolutely killing the ball. So how about you, Machado or Bryce Harper, to start your franchise right now? You're an expansion team for Nashville. You, <laughs> you, get, you get to get draft to choose. Harper or Machado.
0: Uh, so they're both about the same age, I think. They're both, what, 31? Um, well... Bryce 30. will be 31 here in a month or so, and Machado's, Machado's 31. Machado's already 31. Yep. So they're the same age. They both got drafted in the same year. I'm going Manny. Manny Machado.
1: For the same reason we just talked about third baseman and Arenado? Yeah.
0: <laughs> third baseman, he can play shortstop if you need him to. He can DH. He's got a cannon. By war in their career, did you know Manny's got like seven higher or ten more war than Bryce in his career? Manny is 53.9, Bryce is 43.6. They have just about the same amount of hits. Manny's actually higher at 16.76, Bryce is at 14.46. Manny has more home runs by 11. Bryce has a higher batting average. Bryce is 281. Manny, 280.
1: 280 is the new 300.
0: Right. Uh, The OPS plus is in favor of Bryce Harper. The slug is in favor of Bryce Harper, but not by much. 519 to 491. I'd take that. Now, Bryce's on base percentage blows Manny's out of the water, 390 to 340.
1: He walks. Bryce walks in the 91st percentile compared to Machado's 38.
0: But I still think that when it comes to defense, Bryce doesn't give you much, especially after getting hurt. True. Um, Especially after getting hurt. And even when he was in the outfield, it wasn't like he's got a cannon, right? But – he can't make as much of a difference in right field as Manny can day in and day out at third base. I would actually, t- I, see, I love Bryce Harper, but I would actually take Manny Machado of, of the two of them, which I never no, thought making, I was going to say.
1: You're making absolute, great points. Uh, defense, the fact that he can play shortstop for you, um, if if he needed to. I don't think you, I think you can go find a more defensive defensive guy who's younger than Machado to play shortstop, but he can do it. Right, the guy played shortstop until he was traded to the Dodgers. Right, right? did he or, or did he always play third base for the Orioles?
0: No, he played uh, shortstop for a majority of his career with the Orioles. Right, and I think at times they asked him to play. Uh, he came up as a third baseman, then played shortstop. Oh no, you're I right. Remember, he played he played third baseman a majority of his career in Baltimore.
1: I thought whenever he was a free agent, he wanted to go somewhere to be in play shortstop, and then the Dodgers said, "Oh yeah, well here's this paycheck." Here's this check, what what you say now. And he said, okay, I'll play third base.
0: So he predominantly played third base, according to Baseball Reference, 156 games at third base in 2017. In 2018, he played 96 games at short for Baltimore. He only played shortstop that year. Got traded to L.A., played shortstop for 51 games, and played third base for 16 games. And since then, he's primarily played third base. He's only played for... The Padres at shortstop thirty-seven times, and that was only in twenty nineteen. Every since then has either been DH or third base. So, yeah. I'm, and still a great third baseman, a Gold Glove third baseman, I believe. Gold Glove third baseman, multiple occasions, three times. Oh, he's, he's never. He's always always making the highlight reel. He's been a top five MVP vote four times. He's been a top ten MVP vote ten times. He's won multiple Gold Gloves. He's he. I would take Manny.
1: Yeah, I I I you you almost had me uh switching over and saying that I w- I would take Manny. Um
0: I never thought I, I'd uh, say that to be honest. I love Bryce.
1: Yeah, I I wish the Cubs would have signed Bryce in when the Phillies did.
0: Yep. So, we won't uh, get into the next topic I have on the agenda because I do think that that's going to be a little bit more of a debate, and we can push that to next week. It does talk about shortstops in this past offseason. I do want to get to Adley Rushman. He's the catcher for the Baltimore Orioles. I don't think he's as widely known as he should be through the league because he's not a big personality. But mm-hmm. I-, I was thinking the other day, someone mentioned something about how his defensive statistics and how he completely turned around – the Orioles franchise. You've got the statistics on that, right? Since no, he got called up. oh, the, you, the,
1: Yeah, the Orioles The Orioles have the third best record in all of MLB since his call up last year.
0: Yeah, and before that, they were what, like a 100 games under 500 in the previous three years or something yes. along those lines? Right. So, as a catcher, he has two pass balls in his career and that was last year. He has not allowed a pass ball at all this year. So defensively, Great. He was a top 12 MVP vote last year as a rookie.
1: So you're starting the Nashville team. Would you oh, choose I'm, him over Machado?
0: Yeah, because he's younger. He's 25.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that's a factor. I mean, right? we're, playing, we're talking about right heat. now, Machado or Adley to start your franchise.
0: Adley, because he can control your pitching staff, right? That's important. Look at Wilson oh, Contreras. I, I, we
1: saw it. Yeah, as we saw it with Wilson. Yep.
0: Yep. Look at Wilson Contreras and then look at Adley. He can this pitching staff in Baltimore. We both talk about it. That's their one need, right? Is they need starting pitching. Yet somehow he's getting them to overperform. But Adley, to me, what made it jump out is so he's basically you could say him getting called up turned around that Baltimore Orioles franchise, right?
1: Yeah, uh, and that was just the first. He was just the first wave, but he is the leader of that. The, the catcher, you know. Calls the plays, hey, we're going to play in, relays, follows the pitches during the game. He's he's the leader of that ball field, right?
0: Right. So a name that I want to compare him to is Buster Posey. I think he's the Buster next Buster, Buster Posey. Buster came up in 2009. Previously oh that year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that he came up, up in 2009. He came up, up in 2009. In '08, the Giants were 72 and 90. In '09, 09, he came up in September of '09. 09. In in '09, 09, the Giants were like 88 and whatever. But I think a lot of that uh, was part of the reason they called him up at the end of the year. What happened in 2010? The Giants started
1: their wave of winning, winning the World Series, not just making the World Series, winning the World Series.
0: Ten. 12, 14. Buster was the catcher for all of that in those five years. Uh, in the five year stretch, they won three. Adley is to me the next Buster Posey. A quiet guy. He's not think about Buster. He was not the flashy, look at me. Um, he's just he's there. He's a leader in the clubhouse. Defensively, he's great, and he puts up solid, if not respectable, if not great, offensive numbers. You can't rely on him all the time for offense, but you could rely on Buster to be there day in and day out and handle that pitching staff. I mean, I think Buster was a 300 career hitter, 302 career hitter.
1: Wow. I mean, on base, 372. If you look, at, look at Adley's uh, uh, MLB rankings and batting average, slugging, strikeout, walk rate, even his top time to second base is above average. So the guy's doing it on both sides of the plate.
0: Yeah, so Adley's career on base 368, Buster's 372. Adley's career slug is uh, 440, Buster's 460. So their OPS kind of close. Uh, obviously, this is earlier in Adley's career. Uh, they both came up um, around their 24, uh, 22 is how old Buster was. Adley came up at the age of 24. So a little That's bit It's their later. sweet
1: time with Adley, though, too.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, Still, had nothing I, to play for. I think Adley's the. He, did you know he was drafted by the Mariners in the fortieth round in twenty sixteen? Before getting drafted in the first round in twenty nineteen by the the Orioles.
1: That's typically how it goes. If you're, you're drafted yeah. out of high school, or was that was yeah high school? Yeah, out of high school. And you're like, no, I I have more in the I tank.
0: Be, I, have, I have potential.
1: Yeah, like Chris Bryant was drafted by the Blue Jays before going right. second overall.
0: So Adley, but yeah.
1: I mean, they, the, they've got they've got the the Orioles got Adley, a catcher. They've got Grayson Rodriguez, an ace, and they've got Jackson Holiday coming as a stud, with, along with all their other studs they've called up already.
0: Gunner, you've got Gunner, uh,
1: Colton Kowser.
0: Santander just hit his 100th career home run. I wouldn't have pegged that.
1: Yeah, I forgot about Gunner. That guy, that guy just came up and came up last September and was and is getting is is heating up. I'm not gonna say he's hot, but he's heating up from what yep. he did to start the year.
0: That Orioles team is one to watch. We've talked about them a couple times here so far in the podcast. So moving on, that Orioles team, they've just lost two in a row to the Dodgers. Before that, they had won eight in a row. They made a big jump in our power rankings. And our power rankings you can find every week on YouTube exclusively on Monday morning. You can find that Monday morning right here on YouTube. If you're watching us, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. But something new this week, very exciting. We got a new sponsor. We got our first sponsor. Big shout out to our first sponsor. 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. They are powering our power rankings. So, your top 10 power rankings are brought to you by 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. Don't forget to follow them on Instagram and go to their website, that's 10thwhiskey.com. So, the number 10, whiskey.com, and use promo code BNB for 10% off your order. That includes 10%. Hats. Yeah, 10%. Hats. Whiskey, any mixers they've got in there, they've got a bunch of cool stuff. So go check them out. Again, that dot and use promo code BNB for 10% off your order. So moving forward. Discount
2: on ex- whiskey? What?
0: Yeah, 10% off your whiskey. Now, they don't ship to all states, so you have to check that they ship to your state. If not, just find a friend who lives in a state near you and just get it shipped to you from them. But, yeah, just... I didn't tell you to do that. But going forward, our top 10 power <laughs> rankings, you can only find it on YouTube. Go follow us and go subscribe there. It's getting a lot of hits and getting a lot of views, so don't don't miss out. Go check don't us out. Don't be
1: sleeping on it. Don't be sleeping on it.
0: Right. So, Michael Burns, we're not going to go through this long like we do because all of the details are in that Monday video, but Michael Burns, who's your top 10?
1: So, starting out at 10, we have the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, at number 10. Number nine is the Boston Red Sox moving up four spots. At eight, the Milwaukee Brewers. At seven, the San Francisco Giants make a move into into the number seven spot. At number six, the biggest mover is the Toronto Blue Jays. Number five, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Number four, the Texas Rangers. Three, the Tampa Bay Rays. Two, the Baltimore Orioles. And number one for this week, Week 16 Power Rankings, powered by 10 Mountain Whiskey for Michael Burns, is the Atlanta Braves.
0: In my top ten, the Arizona Diamondbacks, big fall down to ten. Milwaukee Brewers, number nine. Philadelphia Phillies in eight. Los Angeles Dodgers, number seven. Houston Astros in six. The Toronto Blue Jays in fifth. The Texas Rangers in fourth. The Tampa Bay Rays in third. I also have the Baltimore Orioles in second with a big jump after an eight-game winning streak, but they just lost two in a row. Again, these power rankings come out on Monday. And my number one overall team for the second week in a row, the Atlanta Braves, who are atop the charts. Again, your top ten power rankings brought to you by 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. Go to 10thwhiskey.com and use code BNB for 10%. Off your order. So before we jump into the end of the episode here, Michael, I noticed something that popped up today. Something cool. Did you see what's going on in Fenway?
1: Something in Austin?
0: Yeah, the Fenway Park. They're going to get what they call the Fenway Corner. They're doing, uh, they just got approved for uh, a big renovation over at Fenway. Really, like I think it's like 1.6 billion dollars to try and help like build up the community. If you look at some of the renderings, oh, it looks a lot like what they did with Gallagher Way around Wrigley Field.
1: That would be cool.
0: So they're they're putting yeah, about.
1: Just, uh, when is that supposed to happen?
0: I think there's. They just got the approval today. Uh, I was going to change the look outside of Jersey Street outside of Fenway Park. Uh, big team store on the opposite side of the street from Fenway. Yeah, I I don't I might know be what back
1: up there in uh, late August. I might be back up at Fenway. I'll uh, I'll uh, get some barrels and barrels uh, uh looks in Fenway Park. <laughs> I like to go to the game like my last trip. If yeah, they're, I... if they're there when I'm there, I gotta check the schedule. I just got the date today.
0: Well, what's the date? I
1: it made me pull up my my work notebook. Yeah. I'm heading up there probably the last days of August, 29th
0: and 30th. Oh, that's the middle of the week. I was going to say, I'll just fly up there and we no, can go to great. a game. Yeah. Uh, I would I'd say I, I've never been to Fenway. I would just make the trip up there and go hang out with my buddy because he won't come to travel to Northern Kentucky to come see me. So I'll have to travel to freaking Boston to go see him. Uh, well, we're both like, going
1: to change locations just to meet up. That's a Tuesday, Wednesday,
0: Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, if my internet would work here, um, uh, so my internet is not powered by Tenth Mountain Whiskey Company because it's not working. <laughs> Tenth Mountain Whiskey Company works. They are at home versus the Astros uh, that day. Uh, Masataka Yoshida Inflatable Dumbbell Day on that Wednesday. A 4-10 first pitch. Maybe I'll maybe I'll have to make it. I might have that day off. Maybe we may have to make a a pod trip. But yeah, they're uh, a one point six billion dollar um, development billion project with a B. With a B, Uh, the renderings look pretty cool. They're going to be putting a building behind the green monster,
1: visible from the field.
0: Oh yeah, uh, Uh, because right now I think it's it's that tall. Yeah, I think right now it looks like the hotel Zachary does across the street from Wrigley, but I think that's what they're going to be putting. Because right now I think it's a parking lot, isn't it? And then the interstate or the highway behind it. There's the bridge
1: right there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think they'll be putting a building right behind the green monster. So not uh, only
1: could you sit on a monster then, then you could be like Wrigley and sit above the monster, overlooking. I don't know if you'll be able to
0: sit in, I don't know if it's a hotel or what kind of building. Just the rendering looked kind of cool. You can watch that on YouTube. I'll put the video, uh, I'll put the picture in the video. But that's a shout out to our friends Keith and Ben, who are big Red Sox fans. Also Bourbon GPT and uh, the Boston Bourbon Boys. So last thing. Before we let you all go, did you see what the thoughts are for the 2024 Home Run Derby?
1: No, they want to change it again?
0: In a way. You haven't seen this at all? No. So there are talks that there's the possibility that they're going Getting to have the a
1: kids le- out of the outfield?
0: <laughs> about a Legends Home Run Derby in 2024. With the potential oh, I- that we could have Ken Griffey Jr.,
2: Mm-hmm.
0: David Ortiz, players like Jim Tomey, uh Albert Pujols all come and have their own home run derby. Would you need, I would watch that, yes.
1: Yeah. I want to see the old guys. I would give pay him to watch a, give them aluminum bats.
0: Oh no, you're gonna kill kids in the outfield then. <laughs> One almost died last week. You're gonna kill an, a kid with an aluminum bat.
1: Ding wouldn't that yeah, be would, so quick that, that sound throughout throughout Wrigley Field. Ting.
0: I I would still pay to watch Griffey hit right now. Did you see when he, earlier this year he took batting practice? I think for Team USA.
1: No. But, but so they're considering that for
0: 2024. Yeah, that's the thought. Wrigley's in
1: talks Wrigley's in talks for the All-Star game in 2025?
0: You no, know, hopefully they get it. They are way past due. I think it was the 80s the last time that they had the All-Star game or 1990. One of those years. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be every 30 years. There's 30 teams, but it's been a hot minute. And they've done a bunch of stuff at Wrigley Field since then. But this has been Barrels and Barrels episode 34, um, the David Ortiz episode. Michael would like to also call it, honorable mention, the Kerry Wood episode. Uh, And Kerry Wood holds a soft spot in my heart as well. He was one of my favorite players growing up with the Cubs. Uh, He was my computer background for like eight years him holding his kid (laughs) julian i think is his kid's name when uh he had his final game uh, when julian ran out onto the field at the end of the game but oh, he was not right too 2012 i believe was it 2012 i think that was his final season yeah uh and it was mid-game pulled against the white Sox. but uh carrie wood is always going to be a close spot in our hearts shout out to Kerry wood thank you for everything you did And thank you to all our listeners as well. You've made it about an hour and a half again into our episode of Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball Podcast. Coming up, you'll be able to listen to more interviews. We've got more interviews coming down the pike. Some really cool people we're talking to. um, So look out for those. We'll have more bourbon and whiskey reviews. And at some point, we'll talk about Bourbon 101. And at some point, you're going to get to know Michael and myself uh, because we're going to finally do an introduction episode almost a year into the the old damn thing going forward uh yeah so don't forget to follow us here on youtube hit the subscribe button below if you haven't done that already or go head on over to youtube at barrels and barrels pod we're almost to 500 subscribers that's a big milestone on youtube instagram at barrels and barrels pod twitter at barrels and barrels facebook at barrels and barrels pod tiktok at barrels and barrels pod and email us at Barrels and Barrels at gmail.com. Don't forget to go put in your merchandise order. We've got Glen Karens, we've got wisdom glasses, we've got two out glasses. These hats are now for sale. $35 a hat and then you get to pay for shipping, and then it's right to your door, and you might be able to just get a Karen with it at the same time. So go put in that order. Go to our Instagram page and go click on the link there. That has been Episode 34, Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball Podcast, and you can always find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, Google, and iHeartRadio podcasts. Don't forget to review us. If you do leave a review, we will give you a shout-out on the episode and read it out loud. Michael Burns, Episode 34. A blast, man we got heated we talked baseball we talked bourbon larceny barrel proof uh, the more I'm sipping on it the more I like it maybe it just needs to open up a little more but well, what are your thoughts on episode 34
1: yeah maybe maybe we don't start with 125 proof as our first <laughs> glass of the night maybe we uh, we build we up with a glass it? or two before that <laughs> but uh, I just want to I just want to close out with two words Brandon yeah let's go let's go